the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Let's get it going right here, right now. This is New Generation Declassified, and you're listening to a brand new New Generation Declassified exclusively here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we step on into the New Generation time portal and we go back and take a look at some aspects of the new generation, the WWF's 1993 through 1997-ish time period where a lot of cool stuff happened. And today we're going to wrap about another topic, and it is an epic Macho Man Randy Savage promo alongside Vince McMahon from the March to WrestleMania 10 special that took place or at least was broadcasted on March 13th, 1994. So a little bit of a different format this week. I'm going to be going solo as uh, the vacation birds have called us to our destinations. And whether you're flying there or driving there, it's a great time to go visit somebody. Of course, uh, experiencing social distancing and safe tactics. But nonetheless, uh, having to switch up the format just for one week and uh, what I went and did was pull this promo kind of on the heels of what we were talking about last week, which was the WWF mania that kind of covered the WrestleMania 10 festivities. Um, but it was more just talking about the merch. And in the background of our episode, we had this episode playing of WWF mania where the macho man and Todd Pettengill were taking you behind the scenes of what was going on at the uh, WrestleMania convention um at the uh, madison square garden basically i couldn't remember if it was a javits center or if it was at the actual garden on like the concourse but uh, as we're talking about the merch with our special guest nick you know i'm watching the macho man who has this like intense super crazy match with crush this grudge match culminating you know six months worth of this feud building um in like a very light-hearted manner you know with todd pettengill and they're doing jokes with stan lane and checking out all the merchandise and seeing all the fans um, whereas a few weeks earlier, uh, the March to WrestleMania special featured this intense and just off the charts promo, uh, between the macho man and, uh, Vince McMahon, where basically the macho man kind of lays it out on the line that he felt that crush just cost him his last shot at possibly being the WWF champion for the third time. So knowing the rest of the story of Vince and the Macho Man, it makes it that much more of an interesting interview. Uh, knowing that just in November, uh, he would be departing the company and not coming back until almost the end of his life, unfortunately, until about 2009, 2010, when the WWE and the uh, the Randy Savage uh, folks uh, decided that enough was enough. We're going to start the merchandising train. And he was going to be a part of a WWE video game. Well, in uh, November of 1994, Vince McMahon uncharacteristically took to the airwaves to let you know that the Macho Man was going to be uh, departing the WWF. And they, of course, were very sad to lose him. Uh, the backstory to all that was, you know, look, 
the macho man was really pushed to the back part of the picture. He was really kind of the, uh, the veteran of the group, um, the new generation of guys, you know, your Bret Hart's and uh, Shawn Michaels and, and Lex Luger and Tatanka and crush and, you know, the one, two, three kid and razor Ramon and diesel. These guys were starting to get the real main spots on the card. And the macho man was filling a commentary role, which he really was entertaining and was very, uh, you know, fun to listen to. Um, but not what we wanted to see out of the macho man. We wanted to see him in the ring. We wanted to see him dropping elbows. We wanted to see the, uh, the jackets and the hats and the, the pump and circumstance of the macho man that we were used to seeing, you know, just a few years earlier. And all of a sudden he's just this announcer on every show. And it turned out that Vince really, wanted him to be an ambassador and, and thought maybe his best days were behind him. And man, oh man, was he absolutely dead wrong as, you know, if you know, the trajectory of the macho man in WCW, he had a very healthy career going forward and, and dominated uh, a good portion of that 97, 98 title picture, you know, with Hogan and staying in the NWO. And when he turned and joined the NWO, when he fought against the NWO, and it was just, you know, like three, four years earlier, we're looking at the Macho Man as a color commentator on Monday Night Raw. And it's like, what? You know, they wrote him off. They said he was done. Uh, but this interview is really, really just like a, a specific point in time where, man, if Vince could look through the tea leaves and, and have seen that, that we could have had another good two to three years of uh, the macho man on top and in the title picture, maybe turning heel again, who knows you can fantasy book till the cows come home. But this interview that we're going to talk about today is, uh, is just one example of it. But you know, before we do just with some general maintenance, um, you know, the feedback that we've been getting for the show was awesome. And uh, I just want to tell everybody, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, having the, the crew on this show and uh, you know, it's a new face to uh, the TMPT empire. Um, maybe they don't, uh, you know, know how much it's taken like I have, uh, to build the audience to where it is and, and for people to take to a show that's not in the just, you know, traditional format of what we've done on the airwaves. I, I, I can't tell you how much it means to me, uh, especially as somebody who has completely lost that love for wrestling over the years, uh, just because I, I just don't like what the products turned into. It's a show like this that absolutely has, you know, renewed that fire inside of me to talk about these old shows and matches and moments and merchandise and all that great stuff we're covering on the show because this is stuff I can get behind. And this is stuff that I still talk about when I talk about wrestling with friends and with colleagues and people that remember wrestling for what it was. You know, it's stuff like this. And I can't tell you enough how many times I've heard somebody say that they're learning about some of this stuff for the first time because either a, they weren't watching or B they weren't a fan and this is all new to them. And you can go back and watch it if you've seen it already and kind of get another sense of it. And if you've never seen it, then I just gave you something to watch. So you're welcome. But I, I'm really, really happy with the response and just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And when the crew is back um, on this show, back to uh, full strength, you know, I'm sure uh, everybody will be rested and ready and um, just going to tackle some really cool stuff along the way. So let's talk about this interview with the macho man, Randy Savage, and Vince McMahon, announcer Vince McMahon, in a, a very cool uh, red bow tie and black uh, blazer and, uh, you know, just tuxedo to the nines that we used to see Vince McMahon in, uh, looking very dapper. Uh, but this was included as part of the March to WrestleMania special, 
every year. It was so cool to look forward to this uh, Sunday night. I can't remember if it's the week before or two weeks before WrestleMania. Uh, you would get a show like March to WrestleMania that just kind of gave you a little sampling of maybe one guy from a marquee match against another guy from a marquee match or, you know, in-ring promos with guys from the marquee matches or, you know, uh, a top guy beating a jabroni, but, you know, with the focus being just the match at hand that's on the, the, the table at WrestleMania. Stuff like that, but we also had the SummerSlam Spectacular. We had the Survivor Series Showdown. The, these were shows that, look, kids, back in the day, we didn't get shows regularly, and every night of the week, we had to look forward to these specials, and this being on March 13th, 1994, that was a Sunday. So depending on wherever your markets were, you had Wrestling Challenge in the morning, you had All-American Wrestling in the morning, and then at night, you got March to WrestleMania, and that was like hitting the jackpot. Could you fit it all on one VHS tape if you were going to be so inclined to record it? Uh, the March to WrestleMania uh, was always a staple, and I, I want to say they did stop them at some point. Um, but this one absolutely being uh, – actually, I think this might even be the last one. I, I really do because I, I vividly remember the WrestleMania 9 and the WrestleMania 8 March to WrestleMania. But I, I don't know if it was just uh, this year and that was it. I'd have to go back and look at that, but this one took place in Poughkeepsie, New York. It was actually recorded on February uh, 21st, 1994. Um, so, you know, typical WWF uh, recording it a few weeks ahead of time and uh, waiting for uh, the right moment to uh, put it out. But it had a mix of, like I said, the squash matches as well as some marquee guys from key matches taking on stars, but not stars that were necessarily going to be you know, involved in main marquee matches, not even on WrestleMania, but maybe even on any show. And I'll just kind of run down the card so you get a perspective of what it felt like before we talk about the interview, which was in the the, the, the beginning half of the show. But the first match saw Lex Luger defeat Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey of the Heavenly Bodies. Um, Mr. Fuji Yokozuna came out and stared down uh, the, the man made in the USA, Lex Luger. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated uh, Ben Jordan. So there you go. There's one of your squash matches. Uh, the Intercontinental Champion, Razor Ramon, defended his title against Tony DeVito, who, if you know uh, the, the Carnage crew, if you know the Baldies, then you know uh, Tony DeVito. Uh, Earthquake defeated the Executioner because uh, Earthquake was supposed to take on Adam Bomb at this show of WrestleMania 10. I don't think they got a lot of time, but a uh, little showcase match there for Earthquake. Uh, and then maybe the shocker of all shocks on this show was Crush defeating Bret Hart. Uh, basically, an inside cradle gets reversed by Owen Hart after Mr. Fuji uh, distracts the referee. And Crush getting a huge win over <laughs> Bret Hart, who would have a big part of WrestleMania 10 uh, just before we headed into that show. Uh, and then the Quebecers take on Mike Bell and PJ Walker. Obviously, we know him as just incredible. Uh, Aldo Montoya in the WWF years. And the final match was Yokozuna taking on Tatanka and a non-title match. And Yokozuna picks up the victory following a belly-to-belly -belly suplex and the bonsai drop. So a definite WrestleMania 10 centric show, um, you know, the rest of it just filled with uh, promos and interviews and event centers and Todd Pettengill and all his Pettengill glory. Um, but now it's time to talk about this interview. So it's about a five and a half minute interview, if that tells you anything right there. And the whole purpose was, is the Macho Man has been kicked out of the building 
by President Jack Tunney, and he is pissed. He is not happy about it. And Vince McMahon catches them. They're in the back. They're on some uh, production boxes, and you see a lot of cabling. And, you know, basically the lighting rigs are all uh, coming from this essential area where all the WWF boxes are. Um, and the, the storyline of the interview is getting his dignity back. And that is feeling that on the February 28th edition of Monday Night Raw, he had Yokozuna beat, and he was going to become the WWF champion for the third time. Now, what he points out in the interview is the fact that, hey, look, if I went on to beat Yokozuna and became the champion, I'm going on to WrestleMania. I'm going to beat Lex Luger. I'm going to beat Bret Hart, and I'm going to be the champion for the third time and stay the champion because I'm better than all those guys. And again, we're looking at somebody who has been relegated to the to the commentary booth for the better part of a year and a half and, you know, comes out for sporadic matches. He's at Survivor Series as a mystery man taking uh, Mr. Perfect's place. You know, he had a, a match or two with the Repo Man over uh, his hat in the earlier days of Monday Night Raw. So, like, not a lot of stuff going on in the ring-wise for Macho Man. Now, he would be on the house shows. If you went to a house show, you saw the Macho Man. But on TV, we did not. We saw him as a as a really cool dressed announcer with very uh, Monday Night Raw centric attire, whether it was a tattered shirt or a matching jacket. That's what we saw out of the Macho Man. So this promo taking the intensity that we know of Randy Savage dialing up to like five thousand, you know, and, and Vince McMahon being the perfect play for this interview and having all this stuff bounce off it. Cause you know, it's a t- it also kind of blurred the line of the work shoot promo because he keeps on pointing out that he should be the champion. He should be the champion. And if Vince McMahon wanted him to be an ambassador and wanted him to ride off into the sunset, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this was a tongue in cheek thing. And, you know, he knew uh, Randy knew what he was saying to Vince McMahon, but it- it's knowing the story between the two of them. It's, it's, not uncomfortable to watch. It's just fascinating to watch because what's Vince thinking? He has this guy right in front of him who made them so much money and drew so many people to house shows and sold so much merchandise over the years that he didn't feel he was, he was the right guy to be in those main event matches. And I dare say with the buildup that the macho man and crush had for WrestleMania 10 falls count anywhere. We hadn't seen that before on WWF programming. It's got a good shot to be a main event. If there was a title on the line, it would absolutely be the main event. But for the build, it's it's basically the top build match on the show in terms of the length of the feud. Because yes, the latter match had the the title and the you know the 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 two titles, Shawn Michaels' title and Razor Ramon's title. But that feud just kind of came back out of the blue and wasn't really you know there. Shawn Michaels was suspended and he was you know quote stripped of the title but came back with the title so there wasn't really something that had a history this thing's going back to you know basically the the tail end of 93 and and even beforehand i mean they 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 give you breadcrumbs if you really look into it you could go all the way back to the the lex luger uh intrepid body slam of yokozuna the body slam challenge where you know the uh crush was hurt Crush tries to slam Yokozuna. He hurts his back. He blames the Macho Man for trying to uh, bring him back to help slam Yokozuna. That's July. WrestleMania is in March. So do the math. So in terms of build, this probably had the best build of the entire show. But, you know, it's kind of just placed in the middle. It's a great spot on the card. 
Uh, and the match itself, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a classic, but it's, it's what it is. It's Macho Man's last match at Madison Square Garden. That's pretty much what you've got, or at least on a televised match at Madison Square Garden. Um, but he points out to Vince countless times that he should have beat him on Monday Night Raw. He should have beat Yokozuna. He should be the champion that he beat Brett. He beat Lex Luger, and now he's snapped. And no, it's not into a Slim Jim. Haha. Insert Macho Man joke here. Um, but he snapped and he's had it because he's tired of getting looked over and he's tired of crush, you know, dicking him around and he wants him in the ring immediately. And basically, uh, he goes through every trial and tribulation that he's had in the WWF talks about getting turned on by, uh, other friends talks about his divorce, which come on. You didn't talk about that. If they weren't in the company anymore, you didn't mention anybody. So he brings up Elizabeth, the fact that he got divorced, the fact that he's lost it all. And this one last chance to be the champion got completely uh, just messed with by crush. And now it's on. And now it's, it, there's no turning back. And this match of WrestleMania is going to be uh, for keeps. And the, you, you got to watch Vince McMahon. I watched this about three or four times and I, I would watch the macho man in one clip then I watch them both together. Then I watch Vince, and then I watch them both together again. Vince, his his facials, his reactions, how he just plays off the Macho Man so perfectly. Uh, it goes to show how a guy can manage so much in his brain of what he wants out of the interview, what he wants out of the show, what he wants out of WrestleMania, what he knows is going to happen at WrestleMania, and he can sit there and sell this promo to you like he's shocked at every single word that's coming out of the mouth of Randy Savage. And I don't think Vince McMahon gets enough credit for that, for having to juggle so many hats, especially when he's on commentary. So for what it's worth, if he's doing this as a backstage promo and, you know, granted he could have just been in the gorilla position the whole time, have time, you know, the, having the matches play out in front of him, you know, he has to get up, go to another spot, do this promo. Maybe it was one take. Maybe it's not. If it, I can't see it being more than one take because you could not match that intensity uh, that he had. Um, and that's a one take shot. And just from being on shoots and being at wrestling shows and filming stuff, I know that if you get the best take and you get that intensity where you want, then just turn off the, the camera and move on to the next shot because there's no need to try and replicate what happened one time. So you think about this guy who's got this whole event going on in front of him and he's got to come out and film this promo. Uh, just the nights he had to do commentary and the nights he had other promos he had to do. It's like, how did he manage all this stuff? And everybody talks about him now being subhuman and superhuman and being his age. And how does he still go to the shows? And how does he still have that fire to do it? You know, if he had nine lives, I mean, during those years where he was so active, he probably used up like eight and a half of them because he was the machine. And again, selling every comment with every facial remark that you could possibly find in your database of facial reactions. Vince McMahon nailed it. And, you know, this, the intensity of the Macho Man is the, it takes center stage here. And for five and a half minutes, you're captivated by every word that uh, comes out of his mouth. And I just say, I keep playing back to the irony of the interview of the departure in November of Vince being so distraught on air. And we've heard the stories, you know, whether some people who tell them is truths and some people who, you know, can speculate, you know, when the macho man left, 
you know, people have the urban legends, which are bullshit, and I'm not going to go into them because I don't believe them, so I'm not going to talk about it. But, you know, the fact that uh, there was apparently a lot of alcohol consumed by the Macho Man and a late-night phone call to tell Vince that he was leaving to go to WCW hurt Vince McMahon so much so that we did not get to see the Macho Man again in his prime. We didn't get to see him at the tail end of his prime, and we didn't get to see him until really the year before he passed away, tragically. You know, and he did not look the same. He had the big white beard. Um, you know, it just wasn't the Macho Man that we remembered, where there were a few times in 96 and 97, and I think even in 99, where there were rumors he was coming back. I remember specifically the 1996 Survivor Series. There was a mystery opponent, um, or excuse me, a mystery partner on one of the Survivor Series teams. And uh, the month before, the Macho Man had been uh, beaten at Halloween Havoc by Hulk Hogan and basically cast off television in WCW. And there was a rumor he was coming back to the WWF and it was going to be at Madison Square Garden. So if he did end up showing up at that show, that would have been pretty sweet that his uh, last big match was at the Garden and then his return is at the Garden. Um, but... That didn't happen, and it was Superfly Jimmy Snuka. So not necessarily what we were uh, speculating online back in 96, but nonetheless, it was uh, still cool to see the Superfly. He hit the splash. That's all she wrote. Of course, he gets the win. Uh, then The night after he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, which they did at Survivor Series that year. They would always switch it around. That year at Survivor Series, the other years at King of the Ring, and you know, then it would settle in at WrestleMania after disappearing for like eight years. But, um, you know, the Macho Man uh, and, and this promo, if you're a fan of his and you know what I'm talking about, I mean, I can go back to promos from when he was the champion in 88 that I can remember verbatim uh, talking about the Coliseum videos. The Macho Madness Coliseum video uh, from his title reign in 1988 could be my favorite Coliseum video ever released. I mean, it covers from uh, right before WrestleMania four all the way to just about, or maybe it culminates at SummerSlam. So basically from about February to August 1988, it's uh, hosted by Mean Gene. It is such a well-done video um, that they just, they highlight all the fine points of that title reign. So I, I could literally uh, recite line after line from that Coliseum video from seeing it so many times. But, you know, the promos of the Macho Man, like, I mean, that's not, uh, that's not new news that uh, he was one of the best of all time. I mean, people talk about the cream of the crop uh, promo where, you know, he's got the little uh, little creamers you put in your coffee and there's T-shirts of that now. And, you know, the, uh, the obviously all his Slim Jim work, you know, he turned snap into a Slim Jim into a, like basically like a household phrase that uh, he, I defy you to go buy a Slim Jim in a uh, convenience store and not think about the Macho Man at this point but again five minutes and 20 something seconds of macho man and vince mcmahon intensity personified as he would say i was looking for something i could have sworn there was an empty arena promo with macho man and vince but i don't think it's from this new generation era i think it's from when the macho man was the champion in 92 so i couldn't obviously put that into this show because that's not what this is it's new generation declassified. It's not uh, tail end of Federation years declassified. Um, but I believe there is another one where it's an empty arena. And I was looking for something like that because, look, I'm by myself. So I thought an empty arena would be perfect. So I decided let's go with uh, something different. Let's go with a, a backstage 
but Vince and the Macho Man specifically. And again, you know, that March to WrestleMania show, it's on the WWE Network if you want to check it out. Um, maybe just to see the Crush versus Bret Hart match and see Crush get a pinfall victory over Bret right before WrestleMania 10, where Bret would lose to Owen Hart on that show and then win the match at the end of the night against Yokozuna and get the hero's send-off, which is one of my favorite moments of that era where all the baby faces put Bret Hart on the shoulders uh, of, you know, I think it was uh, Razor Ramon and Bob Holly and Tatanka parading him around the ring and Vince is in the ring and the macho man's in the ring and Burt Reynolds hits the ring and, and all the baby faces gorilla monsoon gets out there and culminates the final shot of WrestleMania 10 is Owen Hart staring a hole right through his brother as he's celebrating this title victory. And it, it's, it's such an amazing visual um, and would just be one part of their entire storybook uh, rivalry uh, culminating at the SummerSlam 94 cage match, which is I would love to cover that uh, cage match. We've talked about uh, covering parts of SummerSlam 94. Um, we talked about the Lex Luger and Tatanka uh, feud. I love that. That is hilarious and, and the buildup for that. But we also talked about all the Undertaker sketches and segments. And that's the beauty of this show is we don't always have to just sing, single in on one specific event. We could take one part of the event and just run with it. And again, this is a five-minute promo, part of a two-hour show that I've been talking about for almost a half hour because it, it's not just the promo. It, it's everything that surrounds it. It's the backstory. It, it's what happened afterwards. It's the culmination of, of, a, of a feud that went back almost a, a full year with, with when it started to build, when it started to get hot, and then when it finished. And, you know, again, if, if it wasn't a great match in the history of the Macho Man, look, it's still the macho man getting a victory at Madison square garden. It's seeing the, the, you know, the jacket, the tassels, the, the pomp and circumstance, the music, the crowd. And it was like the, at that point in 94, the macho man got a different response than even Hogan did in 93. It wasn't, we love to see the Hulkster, but we loved the macho man. And he was the bridge between the Federation era and the new generation era. And the fact that he'd be gone in November, you know, it really left pretty much only guys like Brett. I don't, you know, I, Brett was, he was a younger guy in, in the Federation era. You know, he was tag team wrestler. He, he did have great singles matches, but he was, you know, in the quote, younger guy, same thing with Shawn Michaels, even though they were part of it. And there, you know, the macho man departure, that means that the ultimate warrior is gone. We'll see him again in 96, but you know, not for a long time. Uh, Hulkster's there in 93. And, and an interesting point that our guest last week, Nick brought up, was that he felt the new generation didn't take off until Hogan left in middle of 93, which, look, he's back right before WrestleMania 9, and he's gone at King of the Ring 93. He hangs around for some house shows and is officially gone at the end of 93 from his contract, but we didn't see him again on TV um, after June. You know, and if you remember, the merchandise did reflect Hogan for quite a while, but just, you know, not not that long and he would be gone and that was the end of the hulkster but the macho man he hung on got to to the end almost the end of 94 what would they have done with him post 94 if they just kept him in that veteran role would he just been the commentator on monday night raw would we have seen him in maybe another satellite feud maybe he's a part of the uh the the lawrence taylor build you know i could see him being on the uh the lawrence taylor all pro side of things um 
but we don't know. It's hard to speculate. It's hard to armchair quarterback something that happened 25 years ago uh, because we just don't know. But this promo put it up there with some of the best that the Macho Man had, uh, especially in those later years as an active competitor. Um, again, intensity personified, uh, emotion personified, and uh, no slouch to Vince McMahon, a great straight man. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about a work shoot or blurring the lines for 1994. This is definitely up there. So go check it out again. It's March to WrestleMania. 1994 march 13th 1994 the whole card is interesting it's full of new generation goodness but specifically look for this promo it's on youtube as well so if you don't want to watch the whole show or look for the whole show you can go right to the promo a few people have it posted and uh i don't think you'll be disappointed it's a really great uh watch it's a great listen again i had to watch it a few times to get kind of the idea of what i wanted to talk about but maybe from a television perspective i look at one guy then I look at the whole shot, then I look at the other guy, then I look at the whole shot and I kind of see if I miss anything or a reaction. And Vince, I'm telling you, is full of them. And Macho Man says one thing and Vince makes these faces and these little twitches and these little head moves that it tells the whole story. And sometimes you got to think about it. if you were watching it on mute, could you understand what they were saying? Could you read the emotion from the, the the quietness that you're seeing? Do you, do you think you would understand that this is intense? Do you think you would get that Vince McMahon, you know, is, is shocked at what he's hearing? So definitely go and check it out. Um, I think it'll be worth your time. Um, just like today was where you listened to me talk for a half hour by myself. So we're going to wrap it up here for this week on new generation declassified. I appreciate you spending a couple minutes with me. Definitely didn't want to get rolling six weeks in and, and miss a week. So here's a nice little solo shot of new generation declassified. And we'll come up with something cool for next week. Uh, don't know what it's going to be, but I got a couple cool ideas. We were throwing out some uh, potential match listings, uh, maybe a top five coming down the pike. Uh, also, you know, some other segments, some other profiles on some of the superstars and uh, trying to single out who was going to be the first guest from the new generation era that joins the show. I got a couple good friends in mind that will, uh, will come on. It's just a matter of when I want to grab them. I don't want to just hitch over the head with uh, interview or, or segment featuring a superstar uh, every single week, because I like diving into these and I like kind of giving you our take as people who watched it, people who are talking about it, you know, give you a little, maybe a little bit of a uh, little more insight from guys who I know that have been through some of these things and give you a different perspective. Um, so that's what it's all about. So if you want to follow more for the TMPT empire, it's tmptempire.com. There you can check out all the podcasts we have under our umbrella, including the TMPT flagship show, the TMPT feature show, uh, and of course, new generation declassified. And also if you want to find out more of what's going on in my world, you can head on over to Twitter or Instagram. It's at Chad EMB on both of those platforms. Uh, welcome any and all comments would love to connect and love to uh, hear from you. If you like the show, if you got some suggestions, if you want something featured, throw it out there. I mean, come on, what do we have to lose? Uh, I'd love to hear some uh, feedback and, um, you know, and, and get a different, uh, you know, get a different perspective. Tell me what you think. 
maybe even away. You never know. You might even end up on this show at some point. That's what I think. We'll see uh, how it goes. And uh, if you give us enough good interaction and bring some cool shit to the table, then maybe you could be on New Generation Declassified. It's as easy as that. So I'm going to wrap it up here uh, for this week. If you're done listening to my voice and you've had enough, well, then guess what? I'm with you because I've had enough. And we will see you next week on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.